Welcome to morning service, as we've never known it before. I never expected to do it here. I have tried to learn a few skills this week as to how to do it without all of you out in front of me. And at the minute I have Richard Guthrie out in front of me. And um, so it's new skills that we're learning as we go. Uh, maybe a few years ago I came down one morning for Sunday service and um, June Pat and a few of the elders have a habit of coming to pray with me. And this particular Sunday, June Pat said to me, how are you today, Steve? And I said, June Pat, if we get through this, you can believe that God exists. To which, in a flash, June Pat responded, Steve, I believe God exists, so we'll get through this. And I've been thinking about that phrase this week. I've texted my part of that phrase to June Pat from Africa, America and other places when I felt I need somebody uh, to tell me that I should trust. And I've got June Pat to answer back to me. It just seems that for coronavirus and all the new things that we're learning, that maybe we have to take June Pat's attitude. I believe God exists, therefore we'll get through this. And that's what we're going to be thinking about a little bit again uh, this morning. First of all, Fitzroy Family Focus. And the main thing to think about in Family Focus this week, because there's not a trail of people in my house coming up to give their um, uh, ads, because there's nothing on. The church is closed. Uh, none of our events are taking place. But that means that you can still be present with us. And we can still be a community mainly on the website. So you're going to have to sign up for the website, log in there and uh, register for the website. Now, there might be some of you who said, I did this three or four years ago. Well, that's no good because GTR, GDRP, GDPR, I never get those in the right order. Um, but they mean that you have to tick something to tell us, give us the permission to send stuff to you. So if you haven't done that, you're going to have to do it. And if in doubt, try to get in touch with Richard Guthrie and I'm sure he'll try to uh, help you make your way through but that's important for instance there's no offering plates these days but church goes on so that money that would come in week after week over the next weeks we would lose that money so there's ways uh, in the website where you can do your uh, weekly offering in, in new kinds of ways there's going to be a youth program that's going to go out you're going to find out about it there there's going to be prayer things go out you're going to find out about it there and of course any video messages or other messages that uh, we want the congregation to know if you've joined up, then you're going to hear them. Still, my soul be still and do not fear the winds of change may rage to at your side no longer dread the fires of unexpected sorrow God you are my God and I will trust in you and not be shaken Lord a peace renewed a steadfast spirit
and Erin. This morning's reading is from Psalm 23 and because it's so familiar I'm going to read it in Eugene Peterson's paraphrase from the message and of course that brings with it a little bit of poetic floweriness from Eugene. But this is how Eugene Peterson puts Psalm 23. God my shepherd I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink them. True to your word You let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me with a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. We're going to pray together and I'm going to use some prayer points that John Trender has kindly gave me. And This is for the entire medical uh, fraternity who are going to be going through an awful lot over the course of these next weeks. 
And John has given a very detailed prayer list that will be on the website um, later on today. But I've used that list to pray for us or to use in our prayers this morning. Let us pray together. Lord, we begin our prayers by asking you to forgive us that we have not been more earnest in our prayers when others around the world have been affected by other illnesses, starvation and hardships. May this spur us to more action in the future. Lord, we boldly ask that you would intervene to stem this pandemic, to reduce suffering, death and secondary and tertiary effects, including economic hardship here in these British Isles and all across the world. Lord, we pray for time and adequate resources for health services to prepare and increase capacity of hospital beds and of intensive care beds. We pray for hugely expanded facilities and capabilities, including rapid training of staff to gain the necessary extra skills to work safely outside their normal practice. We pray that those who are stepping up to new rules and are protected from fear and put themselves forward for such rules. Lord, we pray that decommissioned areas can be recommissioned to use for patient care alongside existing areas. Lord, we pray that sufficient numbers who are able will return from retirement and that administrative obstacles would be waived or rapidly overcome. We pray that their practice will be indemnified. Lord, we pray for protection of healthcare workers from severe illness. We pray for your intervention alongside enough personal protective equipment and adherence to good practice. Lord, we pray for those in government that, that they would make good and timely decisions and not fear difficult decisions if they're the right ones. Lord, we pray for enough of the necessary equipment, drugs and consumables, ventilators, monitors, drugs, oxygen, pumps, dialysis machines, disposable tubing, oxygen, canal eye, uh, gloves and aprons. Lord, we pray for creative and successful, innovative solutions to reduce mortality at this time. Lord, we pray for sustainability of rotas and adequate numbers of staff and adequate rest for that staff. This is a major concern over the coming months, Lord, and we pray against simple but important things like dehydration, sleep disturbance, nutrition, toilet breaks even, time away from work to recuperate. Lord, we pray for wisdom of those making difficult decisions, that God would lead them whether they know you or not. Give peace in that decision making and protect the mental health of staff. May all of them be protected from guilt. Lord, we pray for all doctors, nurses, physios, technical staff working to stem and to treat this pandemic. Lord, we pray for many in the community who are anxious and fearful. We pray for those who fear for their loved ones serving in these areas of health treatment. Lord, we pray for protection of the vulnerable, including those resident in nursing homes and other institutions. Lord, as we close, we give you thanks that we live in a time when it's possible to understand the spread of disease and to intervene to reduce its spread and to reduce suffering and provide effective treatment. Lord, we pray for a quick scientific breakthrough to find a vaccine. God, by your grace, Interrupt these anxious days. In Jesus' name, Amen. David will lead us again in worship.
reading this week that Psalm 23 is like a putter in a golfer's bag and I was going to say I like a putter in Rory McIlroy's bag but he's the worst putter in the world so I think Psalm 23 is a bit better than that or they suggested a chef's knife in a uh, in a cook's kitchen Uh, or maybe just thinking of the analogy in the modern time maybe Psalm 23 is the loo roll through coronavirus what they meant was that you could go through golf without a putter you could probably cook without a chef's knife and you could probably get through coronavirus without loo roll, but you would be better to have them with you. And Psalm 23 is maybe that Psalm that we all need to have with us. I mean, it hasn't become that familiar and that popular for no reason. There must be something in this Psalm that helps us in times of adversity, which is what we're going through at this moment in time. And in fact, Psalm 23 would be seen as a trust Psalm. And that's what we're looking for at the minute. The number of times I've had to say to people over the course of the last week, well, we're in a time when we're just going to have to trust. And maybe we're going to have to trust in ways that we've never thought of trusting before. And maybe we're going to have to learn what trust really is. So Psalm 23 is a trust psalm. 
let's unpack it and see why we might be able to trust or why there's some clues in it to what we should put our trust in. And of course we start with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. Now what I want to draw us to there is the Lord is my shepherd. It's a personal thing. The Lord is not the shepherd or a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And that the fact that he's my shepherd says something about us too. Because there's lots of shepherds out there. Lots of people who might try to guide us through whatever adversity we're in, particularly this coronavirus one. But which shepherd are we going to choose? The psalmist has chosen the Lord as his shepherd. And therefore, why would we do that? Is what we're going to be thinking about as we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. There's a little confession in there too, isn't there? Because if we're saying that the Lord's our shepherd, then we're confessing ourselves to be sheep. And we know what sheep are like. They're a bit of a rabble. They're a bit unruly. They go wherever they like. They go astray, as we find out right throughout the whole of the scriptures. They're not easily led and they get themselves into all kinds of dangers. And so right at the outset, we're saying, look, we're lost here. We might get ourselves into trouble here. If we go on our own means and we follow the sheep in front of us, we could be in real danger. But we're going to make the Lord our shepherd and that's going to change everything. And then, of course, we come to that next little bit, which I want us, I don't want us to race over because we're in a time of adversity. It talks about uh, this shepherd uh, helping us to lie down in green pastures, to take us beside quiet waters and to restore our souls. I said last week and I, I said during the week that this is not a gifted sabbatical, but it is a sabbatical nonetheless. We've had to take time out of work. We've had to spend more time with family. We've had to stop from all the hurrying around. We've actually stopped shopping. Um, and there's all kinds of things that we've had to put off, put back, switch off. That's like sabbatical. And this might be a time in the adversity for us just to find that God leads us into a time of rest or maybe even refreshing. It might be a chance for us in the midst of this to refresh our batteries. But I want to come to the crux of this. Uh, verse 4. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We're into the shadow of death. We're into the coronavirus. We're into this particular adverse adversity uh, that we're going through at this particular time. And we're going to fear no evil because we're trusting the shepherd. Because this shepherd happens to be with us. Now there's a shift when it comes to verse 4. Because in the first three verses we're talking about the shepherd as third person. But suddenly in verse 4 we start to talk about the shepherd in the second person. Uh, you. Uh, you rather than he will guide us. You are with me. And of course this you are with me is very important for me. Because this you are with me was what we talked about from September through to December of last year. Remember when I said that the most important word in all of theology was with? I had no idea that coming down the line was coronavirus and that I would be preaching from the months. And one of the most amazing hopes that we have in the midst of being isolated or locked down is that God is with us. That's quite crucial. And it's so crucial apparently that in the original Hebrew of Psalm 23, that the first tw there's 26 verses before this phrase and there's 26 verses after this phrase. You are with me is the centre not only of the psalm, it seems to me, but the centre of our faith as well. This is where we find our trust. 
that God is with us. And the shepherd might have had to lead us through adversity. The shepherd couldn't put off storms when they came. He couldn't have put off flooding when it came. He couldn't have put off drought when he came. The shepherd wasn't always able to lead us to the quiet waters or the still waters. The shepherd had to lead us through places that were difficult. And in those times, it wasn't just as much important to know where he was taking us as that he was there, that he was with us as we go through this whole thing. Emmanuel, God is with us right at the start of the Gospels. And then Matthew 28, right at the end of the Gospels. I am with you always to the very end of the age. To put our trust in something, we need to have something robust to trust in. And we trust in the promises of God. And the greatest promise of God of all is that he is with us. That God will be present with us no matter how we have to navigate these next weeks. And many of us are anxious already. Many of us are isolated already. Many of us are worried about what might be up ahead. And the Lord is our shepherd. We lack nothing. In the valley of the shadow, we know that he is with us. The promise of the gospel, Emmanuel, God with us. I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that's where the hope of these last verses come from. This, uh, These verses that surely goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're guided through the valley of the shadow with this incredible hope in our Christian story that we have a story that we're coming out of, that we have a story that we're living in at the moment and we have a story of hope up ahead of us that whatever happens through these next weeks or months or whatever, that God is bringing his salvation history together and we are only at this moment in one small part of it. We have this hope, we have this shepherd, God is always with us. Let me finish with one of my favourite Jim Wallace quotes. It's an incredible quote that he used after South Africa came out of apartheid. But it's also a quote that you can use going into something. And as I've said before, I think we're only going into the storm that is up ahead of us. Jim Wallace says this. He says that hope is believing in spite of the evidence and watching the evidence change. Hope is believing in spite of the evidence and watching the evidence change. Psalm 23 tells us that we have a shepherd who will guide us. That we have a shepherd who will be with us. And that if we put our trust in that shepherd, then we can have this hope that we can watch against all this evidence. And that over these next weeks and months, we will be able to watch the evidence change. Let's do that together as a fellowship. Let's get on the website. Let's connect with each other. Let's phone one another. Let's make sure where we can't be present that people have a presence. And let's have this hope that we can believe in spite of the evidence and watch the evidence change because in the very valley of the shadow of death, I am with you. We're going to close with raising a hallelujah because we want to end on a positive note. There's much doom and gloom out there. There's all kinds of things coming through our television and sometimes we watch far too much of the news and hear too many bad stories. Let's finish with the hope of the Christian story that we're a part of as Aaron and Dave leads us.
come to the conclusion of our service you might have realised we've missed the offering but the offering in Fitzroy has never been only about the money but if you want to give go on the website and all the information's there if you can't put anything in a plate today as you can't so but our offering has always been a bit much more and as we go into the teeth of this I would ask you to offer yourself to God because I think this is an opportunity for God to really speak into our lives help us to learn how to trust offer yourself to God for new lessons at this part of our journey of faith and then offer yourself for your family and for your neighbours and a volunteer and if you want to volunteer again get in touch as we put a volunteer team together that we might need as the days go forward so let's offer ourselves to God for just a moment's quiet and then I'll share a benediction over all of us as we close God give us faith to believe the truth and the right in times like these to ask why. God give us joy in life's fulfilment and the right to cry. God give us strength to carry one another and the right to be the one who wilts. God give us grace towards your holiness and the right to confess our guilt. Father God show us a bigger picture of yourself. Lord Jesus, add grace notes into our song. Holy Spirit, accompany us on the road that's deeper and more eternal than the one we've been on. Amen. There will be no prayer ministry over to my left. There will be no refreshments over to my right. Make your own refreshments. Join the website and look out for other messages as the week goes on. God bless you. God bless all of us. And let's come together at this time to support one another.